The mental load of fostering can be anywhere from challenging to crippling. Couples' ability to support each other is critical to the health of your marriage. That's coming up next. Marriage Podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you keep your marriage the priority and make fostering fit into it's not the other way around. Mary Beth, what the heck are we talking about today? Today we are talking about splitting the mental load of being a foster parent, the challenges that come with that, um, and how to support each other. Sounds like a good topic. Sounds like a like a fastball down the middle of the plate. Uh, topic for fostering marriages, doesn't it? Hence why we wanted to talk about it today. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get sports references. I mean, I get that's baseball, but <laughs> that's... That's good enough. You okay. thought it was baseball. Good. It might have been softball, which sometimes I like to watch. Women's softball. Yes, we know. after a long, hard day <laughs> and a cold beer and a sporting event. <laughs> That's what men do, Mary Beth. Oh, boy. That was a West Wing reference. That was a West Wing (laughs) reference. Oh, what's the Donna quote? This is way too much, you know, for... For the intro of the show, we're already losing everybody. But there was a or one of our favorite shows. Everyone is the West Wing. You know, the one where Martin Sheen was the president. Um, it has nothing to do with politics. It's, we just we just enjoy the drama and the humor and the characters of the show. Joel so enjoys drama. It <laughs> creeps into references that I make on a daily basis. So let's get back to the topic at hand, shall we? Uh, taking care of your mental and emotional health is so important when you are pouring out a lot as a parent. And facing different challenges, stressful situations day in and day out, they can quickly just run you down. Yeah, that's why we wanted to get into this. I mean, it's it's kind of like you're, if you don't take care of yourself, you end up being like a car engine running with without oil. And you burn out and you're stressed out and you feel unhealthy and you just feel bad about yourself. And this creeps into your marriage in a big way. Yeah, and part of keeping your marriage first, which is what our podcast is about, is helping each other both mentally and emotionally. Yeah, and so like one of those things like, you know, like here we are again recording episodes of podcasts uh, because we have been blessed with certain friends and certain opportunities and part of our mental and emotional health are those breaks that, that we need to have as parents and as people who work and have jobs and have the daily demands of life is like you need a break from that uh, and we are at our another set of friends um, little cottage that they have on their property uh, that we've been so blessed with and and uh, here we are recording podcasts and we just came from a walk and uh, it's just so important to be able to find where you can do these things and where where you can and not everybody has that and we're incredibly grateful for it but um, sometimes it's just a matter of like, man, we got to sometimes seek it out and work hard to find it. Yeah. Well, one of the things we wanted to talk about, you know, we said it's about splitting the mental load. You know, in a marriage, we often fall into roles of who does what. Many times one person will take the lead on the kids or the fostering relationships, whether that's with DCS, the biological family, you know, maybe they're taking the lead on all of it and the tasks, all the visits, the the therapies, whatever communication, whatever paperwork, all the documentation, just everything that goes into fostering. Sometimes one person is taking all of it, but most of the time one person is taking the bulk of it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Like in parenting, it seems like we, you know, like to the to your point, we all have these roles. Like in in our marriage, you were that person. Yeah, and oftentimes it ends up being the mom, doesn't it? It oftentimes be I think disproportionately, it becomes the mom, and sometimes it becomes the mom that takes on so much more, and she works too. Yeah, and so you imagine the load that that she's carrying. Yeah. You know, so for like for you and being that person and my encouragement to all spouses that aren't, say, the load bearer uh, in your family is that the recognition one of how draining that is. I mean, is that I've got to recognize how draining that can be and get out of my own, you know, life and my own busyness and whatever. I'm going to recognize all that you're taking on, what you're going through. But I think isn't it important as well for that load bearer person? who's carrying, you know, the, the bulk of the load to also be able to recognize, wow, I really am doing a, a ton of stuff. Another part is exercising empathy when you're taking on so much and you may not be the load bearer, you may not be the one who's taking on all the things, is to have empathy for the person who is. Another thing is remembering that as a couple and as people who are different fundamentally, you experience and you process and you think about things differently. Uh, for instance, some people are very good at compartmentalizing. Some people aren't. That it's all just, they just can't compartmentalize. And certain personality styles, people with certain types of upbringings are very good at compartmentalizing things that are stressful or emotional. There are downsides to that as well, of being that way where you can uh, lack emotion or empathy at times where you need to have it for someone else, or you can think, well, why don't you think the way that I do? And to kind of broaden and and pull back from just the compartmentalization example, that whole thought of, well, you know, why is this so difficult for you? And you've got to pull back and recognize, you know what, you're, you're a different person. So you can't place your expectations on your spouse that, well, yeah, this is how you should go about that and be, go into fix-it mode and all that stuff that really may not be welcomed. Yeah, I think that's all really great information and, and thoughts. Thank you for that affirmation. You're, you're welcome. I want to affirm you from time to time. <laughs> so so you then you literally have different experiences as couples. You know, it's when you're in the home or you're working, you experience things differently. You literally have different experiences, and you may not understand what your spouse is going through. You may not understand the toll that it's taking on them because you're simply not doing it or you're not doing as much. Um, And that's just, that's, this is common. This is even without fostering, you know, you've got roles that are like, you know what, I mean, like for you, like you take care of mostly of the inside stuff. Not that I don't do a lot of stuff inside, but that's predominantly like your area outside in the property is predominantly my area. Yeah. And not that you don't do things, but it's disproportionate one direction or the other. Yeah. Hey, I did put that zero turn in the shed the other day. You did. I was so <laughs> proud of you. It's like, guys, she saw rain coming. Not that the rain is going to affect the mower very much, but she she thought, I need to put this mower away. Well, she's never, no, I've ever never. started, ridden no. on anything with this zero turn mower that can be intimidating if you don't know what you're doing. And, and you fired the thing up hey, with the kids' help. the kids and, gave me tips. I love it. they teach me things. I get this text from you, and it's like, man, this thing's sensitive. And it <laughs> is. It. It, it is very sensitive. But I was not expecting that. I was so proud of you. That was yeah. super cool. Well, it was it was fun. Now I actually want to 
Now you got the now bug. I'm like, now I'm like, we're trading. You're yep. going to be inside and I'm going to be out. I can't handle that. I can't handle that. Yeah, so you got the bug now. You want to go mow the yard. Oh, but it's funny. fun when you get the hang of it. Before you get the hang of it, you crash it into the house and things like that. Oh, like come I did. on. I, I did do that. Oh, did you? I didn't. Oh, I'm very proud of myself right now. I didn't even hit the sides of yeah, the shed. Yeah, I nailed the house one time. Oh, wow. But anyways, moving know. on. Anyway, so let's talk about keys to practice if you are the load bearer and i'll speak to that since that is kind of my role yeah totally in in this um you know this is one of those things where we as the load bearers we need to communicate with our spouse how we're doing what's really going on what are we struggling with just overall you know maybe not in a dumping on you kind of way but in a i need to know i need you to know how I'm feeling. I mean, and you want to do that anyway. You want to share that stuff because you're married to each other and, you know, you want to be there to support each other. Um, One of those things can be asking for help. You know, that could be, hey, can you help me with the dishes? Can you help me with, you know, making the bed every morning? Or I need a weekend away. I mean, it doesn't have to be little things. If you need a big break, express that and communicate that and work together to see if there's a way to resolve that. Yeah, and I think this is where the non-load bearer, the empathy, the understanding really comes into play and is so important because some people may hear, oh my gosh, what? You want a weekend away? Well, I work this Monday through Friday and yeah. you know, I'm I'm tired and now I've, I'm going to have the kids by myself all this time, even though that's exactly what your spouse may be experience every single day. So you've got to really watch your own selfishness and your lack of empathy and understanding um, in these situations when the load bearer is actually making these requests. Yeah. You know, learning to accept help is an important part of that because it can be very humbling to acknowledge that you need help or to accept help from somebody. And I think a lot of times, I mean, one of the things that I can struggle with is I do acknowledge you have a difficult job. You come home where you have poured into people and into things all day long. And it's not like you're just off playing golf or something, you know, you have a hard job too. And so it can be very hard for me to say, hey, I need an hour I need an hour away. I yeah. need I need to go for a walk for 30 minutes. I need to do whatever. Yeah. It can be very hard for me to, to do that. So, you know, part of that is you might need some recovery time, not just, oh, this is fun for myself. No, you really need to recover from the stress of your day. This reminds me as you were sharing that I was listening to, uh, so I'm a, I, I'm a leadership coach, a business coach, and I'm the leader of a company, one of the leaders of the company that does that, and also a, a counseling um, type of event. Some of you may remember, I've talked about that in the past, that we do every Thursday and Friday. And so that's the kind of stuff that Mary Beth's alluding to. So this conversation, Mary Beth, reminds me of there's this one very popular executive coach in the world. His name's Marshall Goldsmith. And I was listening to him recently on a podcast. And he was sharing this story about how he was coaching one of these. He's a, he was coaching a high level professional athlete in his career. And he was talking to this guy. And he was a he's a former L.A. Lakers star basketball player. And he was talking about kind of like how he shows up at home. 
And this player was expressing the difficulties of just being like, oh my gosh, I'm just tired at home. And I think it was creating conflict with a spouse and yada, yada, yada. It's like, yes, star people and athletes have, you know, real life problems as well, right? So he's expressing this. And it was almost like in this excuse kind of a way about how tired he was. Well, then Marshall says, you know what? I was at game seven of the NBA finals that you were in. And this is at the end of the season. And I watched you play almost the entire game. Didn't you do that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did that. And you were running up and down that court forever how long that game lasted. And Marshall's leading him into a point, like a gut punch point of seeing, man, how tired were you? And he said, he goes, I was exhausted. And what he drew out of this player was, was the, I never, ever told my coach, I have never told him in my whole career that I was tired. And Marshall said, do you think your wife's impressed? And it was like, oh my gosh. And it was that mindset shift of, you can turn it on here. And you never told Phil Jackson, one of the most legendary winning basketball coaches of all time, you never, ever express the words to him, I'm tired, but you will easily do it with your wife. Do you think she's impressed by that? And it was one of those, I'm like, man, that's the kind of stuff that we've got to get real about. That It's like, yes, you may be tired too, but where's the give and take? There's no perfect line for this stuff. It's yeah. where are you going to be sacrificial and selfless? That's where it comes down to. And you may not want to do the weekend away. You know what? I really want you to just be here and I don't want to deal with it. But you know what? I've just got to suck it up. Yeah. And recognize that's what you really need. Yeah. Or, you know, and honestly, coming back to that give and take, because it is a give and take on both sides. You know, it's like, what can we do to make sure that both people are getting the recovery time that mm-hmm. they need because it this isn't just a hey I want to I want a girls weekend or I want a guys weekend this is I am physically emotionally mentally drained from dealing with all of the chaos all of the stress and I don't think I can take much more I'm going to to break oh that's not a good place to get to you know yeah, we, so it's we, like, don't, we don't need to get near no, that no we don't so it's like if you are getting near that point you have got to get a break and it's okay it's not just fun time this is recovery time so yeah. oh, go and ahead. i think just being so intentional about this stuff is key of realizing this is a part of the fostering journey and or this is a part of just the life journey of knowing each other's signs of of wearisome mm-hmm. and tiresome and seeing the signs before someone crashes emotionally that should not be the time, should it? Where we're like, whoa, oh my gosh, you need a weekend away with your girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing. I mean, it doesn't always have to be with the girlfriends. Can the two of you yeah. get away together? I mean, shoot, that may be even better, you know? <laughs> and it's like, get somebody to watch your kids and, and get away. And, you know, we you said at the beginning of this how blessed we are, and we really truly are blessed in that we have had friends who've offered their places for us to get away. I mean, full disclosure, they're not charging us. This is just, and they, actually, they don't even know we're working on a podcast. This wasn't a, hey, let's help you with your podcast. This is their ministry. They want to help people who are fostering and who are, um, just in need of time recovery and, and recovery replenishment. and replenishment. Yeah. And so for them, 
this is what they wanted to do. And we actually learned about it through the organization that we're part of. And so ironically, I actually know the woman who owns this. I didn't know that she did this. Um, and it was somebody else who had contacted Hope's Bridge and said, hey, we want to do this. And then I had learned about it. And I finally was like, hey, Amanda, can we can we book a weekend away? Because we really could use one. And, you know, we asked. We just simply asked the question. And sure enough, they're like, yeah, we haven't had anybody who's taken us up on this. People take them up on yeah, it. They seriously. want to do this. So if you have an organization, if you have um, somebody who supports foster care, whether that's a local church or um, a local fostering type of organization, reach out to them, see what they can offer to help support you on the journey. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking last night with uh, the wife of this couple, and she lit up for a moment talking about like this is why we built this little cottage this is why you all are why and she lit up about it so you know what's so helpful about that is that if you're the kind of person that doesn't feel worthy to receive that generosity or you feel guilty about that kind of thing we have got to work through stuff like that because that is holding you back from people serving you and blessing you that We are not meant to navigate through life and navigate through hard things alone and tough it out because we're trying because either of guilt or fear or unworthiness or because we're proving something or we struggle with pride of like, look, we're doing this hard and we're doing it on our own. It's like we don't have to be that, you know, that person that's like, look at look at what we're doing, and what we're accomplishing. I don't know how many people struggle with that more than they struggle with the guilt side or the I just don't feel it's hard for me to receive yeah. because our un, our struggles with worth come up and it's hard to receive a compliment or it's hard to receive a, yeah, here's a weekend getaway for free. Yeah. And it's a, oh my gosh, can I really accept that? And it's, it becomes a worth struggle. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, you can. You are unfathomably valuable as a person yeah. and it's, we've got to grow into that knowledge though. Well, and further, I mean, like you said, she lit up about this. This was a blessing for them to be able to provide this. This is what they want to do. This is what they're called to do. This is not a burden on them. They are finding joy in it. So let's not steal that opportunity from people, right? Let's let them serve us. So if what you're doing is too much, you can also initiate communication about solving that. you know, what are what are some solutions that can come into place that will help you navigate your day-to-day life? There is this <laughs> there was something that had come up fairly recently and I'll tell you, I just needed to just be like blah and just just put it all out there. I'm struggling, I'm frustrated and there were some solutions that were coming my way and I'm like that won't work. That won't work. That won't work. And the thing is I think I was pushing back in part in that moment because I just needed to spill my guts and just say, oh, this is too much right now. And it's too frustrating. But on top of that, I'm a high S personality. And so making changes is is challenging for me. And so when I'm presented with solutions, I don't want to be like, okay, that's the solution and go with it. I want some time to be like, here are some options. Let me pick what I think will work. And I need time to process on it. And so I think entering those conversations, it's okay to say, 
I don't want solutions right now. I Right now, I just need to vent. And in 30 minutes or in a day or whatever, let's come up with some solutions together. But right now, I just need to like get it out because of all the emotions and all the stress and all the overwhelm that I'm feeling. Yeah, that's where a lot of spouses can hear all that and jump into fix-it mode because they hear the distress or the angst and either spouses can shut down or spouses can go into, well, what do you need? Well, how do we fix it? Or, you know, this is all you need to do and we just need to do that. And like, here's all the plan. And that's not even what is needed in that moment because you're married to a smart person who can also figure stuff out that you don't need to lay out the plan for to solve everything. It may be just a recognition of, you know what, what is their personality style? And as if you've not listened to the two-parter on understanding personality styles, go back to that. They're episodes five and six. Um, go back to those. Every time you listen to those, you're probably going to have new takeaways. But when you understand personality styles, you're more apt to be like, okay, what's my what spouse going through right now? What's their personality style? And because I know the characteristics of the personality style, it can help you go, okay, you know what? I don't need to solve this right now. This is my spouse working through their personality style. Or ask a question. You know, what do you need? Do you need anything right now? And it may be an answer of, no, this is just all emotional and overwhelming right now in the moment. And But I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, you might need coaching. And that's totally, totally fine. I think sometimes there's this stigma of... If I'm seeking help, I'm not good enough, or I don't know things I should know, or whatever. Totally not the case. I mean, you're not born knowing everything, right? We all need help, and we all need somebody who can help us grow in certain areas. And if this is an area that you need coaching, ask around. Who's recommended in your area? Who's a great person who can help you navigate whether it's, hey, can somebody help me figure out routines? Or is there somebody who's good at coaching me through parenting this child? Or whatever your struggle point is, whatever is like the, the biggest thing that's really weighing on you, who can you turn to for coaching or for support in that area? Yeah, you got to be careful of our expectations of ourself. When you're married or you're fostering, you're taking on two things that can be incredibly difficult. So to have expectations that you have all the information or that you're going to figure it out on your own or that you're going to move on the information that you learn, those are poor expectations at times. And this is where at times we need coaching and counseling, but we have to first be able to say, you know what, we're out of information. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to navigate these marriage struggles and communication struggles, or we don't know what to do with our trauma child or trauma children, and we're at our wits end, um, we started working with a coach just recently. Yeah. Because our five-year-old is a trauma child. And we were like, well, we're going to try all these things. And for it's now th- over three years later, we kept we having progress, but it was like, it's like we had plateaued for so long that we're like, we need some help to continue exactly. that progress. It, it reached a point for us of like, where, we, where there started to be a loss of hope. Mm-hmm. And the pain became enough to finally move us to, okay, what we're doing isn't working. Yeah, We actually need assistance. So we reached out to some friends who have had a similar experience. And the long story short, 
we've now been working with a coach um, based out of Tennessee, but she actually serves nationally through telehealth. And it has been game changing. Yeah, We immediately saw change. So if you're listening to this and you're like, for one, I'm thinking about, gosh, it's like I have a trauma child or I don't know what I'm doing in parenting and nothing is working. Um, her, it's called Real Child Consulting, correct? Yeah. Or Real yeah. Child Connection. Mm, I think Real um, Child Dr. Consulting. Dr. Melody Aguayu is who we've been working with. And we would strongly recommend, she doesn't even know we're doing this, but it's like we've had so much value from her already. And she spe- specializes in helping couples navigate parenting a child with trauma, but also parenting your other kids. And she leads you to insights about yourself um, and all kinds of things like that. So I would, we would highly, highly recommend yeah. her. She's been phenomenal. Another thing is, let's go back to communicating with your spouse about what you need. So this is one of those funny things that for me, because like we said earlier, Joel does so much of the outdoor stuff and I take care of so much of the indoor stuff. There was a point that it was becoming this feeling of I do everything in the house, even though that's not true. And so I just asked him, I'm like, can you just make the bed every morning? And it's one of those things that it's almost dumb because it takes two minutes and it really wouldn't be that big of a deal for me to do it. But him doing that, the bed being made first thing in the morning, and it's something that I don't have to do. For me, it felt way bigger than it actually was. And so it was it was this support, but it could be any number of things of like, okay, what are some small steps even that can be taken or, or tasks, I should say, that can be taken that will just get something off of your plate on a regular basis. Having said this, I think back to when our oldest were little, like little, little, and I was in a mops group. And I remember this, the mentor mom, she was talking about the the dishwasher example that I, I know I've heard this multiple times. So y'all probably have to, but it's the idea of she was saying, let your husband just load the dishwasher, ladies. Don't be so particular because if you just shut them down, then they're not going to load the dishwasher at all. And then it's on you. And how true is that, right? We need to let go of some of the control things that we are like, yeah, but the, the glasses don't go there. They don't go there. Who cares? They're going to be washed, right? Just let it go and let your spouse help out. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the emotional game comes into play. It's it's like in leadership, it's like what holds back leaders from delegating things and getting things off their plate, things like this, things that they won't do it the way that I'm going to do it, uh, fear of people failing and it coming back to you, or you, you derive a lot of uh, worth and sense of significance in handling all of the things but then there's like the martyrdom syndrome of like, look at all that I'm handling and look at all that I'm doing. Yeah. So people can come around you and say like, oh my gosh, that's so, look at you and you go. And it's like, no, all that stuff holds you back from doing this thing you're talking about. But on the on the receiving side, on the non-load bearer, it's again, operating with empathy and understanding that your spouse needs you to take on some things yeah. rather than be defensive about it or defend your own plate or, and now <laughs> you're contributing to conflict or communication isn't good. And now we're damaging the relationship or moving yeah. beyond yeah. the task. And now we're damaging the relationship. I'm sorry. I just have the image of defending a plate in my head and I had a sword in my mind. 
I went to weird places with that. Anyway, moving on. Um, so as the load bearer, one of the things that you may have to adjust is your expectations. I know that was a huge one for me. And and I think part of where I can struggle, again, as a high S, is that I want my routines. I like my routines. And even three years into this journey with these kids, I'm still having to shift things. And I'm still having to change things because it's like, okay, we're doing this and it's working for a while and now it's not working and I have to adjust. And so that can be stressful or frustrating or whatever. I just don't want it, right? But sometimes you have to change. And that could be even just changing expectations of, okay, my laundry is not going to be perfectly folded all the time. And the house may not be exactly in the state that I wish it was in. Because what's really and truly most important in these days of fostering these little kids, especially if it's early days and you really haven't even settled into any routine, but even as you get into the thing and you're like, okay, now that we're we're through the initial chaos, I want things to settle in, but they're not going to settle in the way that they were before. And so you have to be okay with, with shifting those expectations. Yeah, and then the non-load bearer needs to do the same. They need to be okay with, you know what, that things are probably going to adjust. They're going to change because we get comfortable in our routines. Yeah. We like the way things are set up. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's change and you're being asked to do something else or a request is being made or whatever it may be. And if you're an SC personality style, you're going to want, you're going to, you possibly are going to struggle with that because it's, oh shoot, now I've got to adjust something. But I really like not having to do that, or I really like being able to get out of bed and go straight to the shower, and or I only have this amount of time to get out the door and then to get moving, and now I've got to add this to my plate, and it becomes a personal struggle. And this, re- all these things can really highlight just our selfishness, to put it bluntly. That I work with a lot of couples, and when you are working with a couple that is struggling. And you really dive in, you're going to see every single time I discover a lot of selfishness by both people. And this is those things that show up of a, gosh, I'm being selfish and trying to stay in control of my own schedule and routine and life. You know what? Just to to be very blunt about it, you're married. (laughs) You're married. And this is, it becomes like, oh my gosh, I've got to adjust from being this person that has desires and expectations and hopes and preferences to now learn to yield and to sacrifice and be selfless. And this is the hardest stuff that we go through. So it's about practicing it. And I have found the more we practice it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, because flexing the picture of what you want your house to be or your life or your lifestyle or your routine and being willing to flex that those ideas, man, that's it can be really hard. Yep. Okay, so now let's dive into some of the non-load bearer stuff. So number one is pay attention to your spouse and how they're doing. Take note of them. How are they doing emotionally? What kinds of things are they saying not every time, not every person communicates clearly, right? <laughs> so your spouse may be saying things and they're very veiled, but they have an intent or they have a goal. 
because your spouse wants you to pick up on things and maybe they don't, maybe you don't, or you're just being like, you know what? I'm not, I know what, I know what they're doing right there. And I'm just going <laughs> to wait until they shoot straight with me until then. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let them struggle because they're not communicating right with me right now. Aww. Don't do stuff like that. <laughs> if that is you, and I'm just picking stuff out of thin air, but pay attention to your spouse as the load bearer and see how they're doing. Because we can get caught up in our own lives and our own schedules and routines and, and work stressors and whatever it may be. And all of a sudden we're like, I'm not even thinking about all that my spouse is taking on right now. And we've got to be very intentional about that. Again, to the load bearer part, the load bearer's got to communicate. Yeah, They've yeah. got to share. They and have communicate. A, in and not in veiled little no, ways. Be but, direct. Yeah. Or don't don't be manipulative with it. Yeah. If only I had a spouse that would initiate a weekend away. That would be so <laughs> cool. Or you know what I read in the book today about this couple that did things like this and it was just it was it was really neat. Just just communicate well, clearly about will, what you want. One thing that was coming to mind is just, you know, if if you are struggling or frustrated and then you're just kind of getting a little bit snippy with your spouse, I think this is the time to recognize, wait a minute, something is bothering me. What is this thing that is bothering me so that I can communicate clearly and directly and kindly? without just being snippy or beating around the bush, but let them know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another key for the non-load bearer, again, I've said this many times already, but it's to empathize and to listen. Empathize and listen. You don't have to solve, but practice being empathetic. Another is to check in to see how your spouse is doing from time to time. This is different than what I was saying before. This is more intentional. This is a sit down on the couch and it's a check-in conversation. How are you doing? How is this going? Are you doing okay? Because nothing has been shared with me. You seem like you're doing okay. It, draw, strike up the conversation because you may be really surprised at what you draw out. Or that may be the conversation that your spouse needs you to initiate. That then is like, you know what? I haven't thought about it until right now. But da 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 da. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought this up because when you were saying empathize and listen, I'm like, ask them questions, see how they're doing. So there it is. There's, yep. you went there. Exactly. I'm so glad. I mean, because we have struggles and people have, we have limiting beliefs and it may be hard at times for the load bearer to be like, gosh, it, am I, am I doing okay? Am I taking on a lot? Am I, should I be able to suck it up more than I am? Is this overboard? Am I, I mean, I mean, and I don't know where I'm at. And so therefore the load bearer doesn't even bring something up or they may be fearing your judgment or your rejection. Yeah. If you have that kind of stuff in your relationship or your past, or even if you don't, some personality styles may sit back and be like, gosh, I'm really leery about bringing this thing up. Should I do that? And so initiate that and draw out that, that kind of information in case it's there. Another key is do not minimize your spouse's experiences and feelings. As the load bearer, do not minimize what they're sharing to listen to them and then be like, uh, I think you're making a big deal out of that. Or oh, I just think you stress out too much about stuff. Oh boy, here we go. We need help. If that's how we're communicating, don't do that. Listen, and it's this is your spouse's real experience that's going on. 
You need to hear it and listen to it and do not, you don't have to say something about everything, every single, every single thing that your spouse says. So be careful with minimizing what they say. Another key is to ask, what can you take away from your spouse? What can you take off their plate? Or be specific about it. Hey, I recognize that you do this all the time. What if I did that? Yeah, I love that because for me, I I know sometimes you've said, hey, how can I help? And I'm just like, I don't even know. So it's very helpful for me when you're like, can I do the dishes tonight? Can I put the kids to bed tonight or whatever? Yeah. And so if you get the I don't know response, don't take that and be like, "Woo, off the hook. (laughs) I asked. I was the good spouse. And I asked you like I was, oh, I was so good right there. But you didn't have anything for me. And that's on you. It's there's something there can be a real thing there. But don't let that let be off the hook. Be specific about it. You know, what if I did this? What if I did make the bed? What if I did this laundry? Or what if I handled dinner tonight? Or what if we put the kids down to bed early and you go take a bath? Or whatever it is, be specific. Because when you're catching someone off guard with a question like, well, what can I do? Some personality styles will not come up with it on their own. Yeah. There's no game plan. If you gave them 30 minutes, they'd probably come up with stuff. But sometimes it's a, well, you're married to someone who has a game plan. And it's a, well, I'm going to do that. And in their mind, it leads to that. And it ripple effects into that. And it all works together. So to ask them to be like, well, here's that thing. In their mind, it's a whole connected series of things that has to happen. So they've got to process through, okay, what can you really, can you take that? Yeah. Because it may be like, oh, you know what? It is easier if I just handle those things. But the point is, is is just be intentional about that and ask and check in and see, is there things you can take off the plate? Um, but, and you have to, this, this leads you to a place of selflessness. Like you have to be selfless and serving and generous to be able to ask these kinds of questions and to be able to find those things out from your spouse. And it, this is, it's loving communication. And this is the kind of stuff that builds unity in your relationship. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I was actually thinking about a conversation I had with the mom group um, that I'm part of the other night. And we were discussing overwhelm. And I just asked the group the question. I was like, how many of you feel like when you get a break, especially if it's an unexpected break, you're like, well, I, I don't even know what to do with myself Every single mom in the group said, that's me. Every single one of us. I think because you get to this point of like, I'm just, I'm constantly busy. I'm constantly doing something. And so it's like, how do I even stop and take care of myself? So I think that kind of plays into this as far as your spouse, there's a possibility they're just going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. How much do you think guilt comes into play here of like the, now you have nothing to do. Oh my gosh. I could go take a bath right now and literally have nothing to do. How many how many people do you think struggle with guilt on stuff like that? Well, I don't. <laughs> no, seriously, I I do think that that's a that's a real thing. And I think the only reason I don't is because you and I have discussed this so yeah, much. Many, many times. And you have been like, "No, I am really okay." with you taking some time for yourself. And so that's the only reason, but I think I would struggle with guilt if we hadn't had that conversation multiple times. Yeah, you're kind of wondering, it's like, are you hurting your spouse in some way? Mm -hmm. Or for a lot of people, that feels like selfishness. Yeah. And we don't have a good barometer of what's okay. 
Yeah. There's especially within um, with a lot of personalities, especially a lot of Christians in particular can struggle with that. Gosh, is that okay that I do that or is it too self-indulgent? Well, and, and that brings up another point. You know, I feel like people who generally go into fostering children are people who are loving and selfless people. And so that is a, probably a real thing of like, well, now I feel like I'm being selfish. But again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, it is okay to have recovery time. It's needed. It's healthy for you. Yeah. Our, our human bodies were not made to grind forever and sit and absorb and live in tons of stress. Um, we have seasons of that, and different people have different tolerance levels of that. But exactly right. It, it is perfectly okay, and there is no trophy for just grinding it out and, and becoming more and more actually unhealthy as you're continuing to grind it out or not work together. Again, being married and fostering kids are two hard things. They're harder for some than they are for others. It is okay to find ways to make things easier. It is okay to find things to make things simpler. And I think everyone who's probably down the road of fostering and living life knows it's like, yeah, it is. (laughs) And I'm looking for those, Joel and Mary Beth. I'm looking for simpler things and easier things because because life can be so overwhelming and so stressful. But for those who who struggle with that and aren't good at giving themselves permission to take care of themselves and to take things off their plate, that these are worthy things to talk through with your spouse so you can get to this better place of so-called balance, which does not exist. There There is no such thing as having total balance in your life. Because if, you know what, you know, if you're in the bathtub taking a bath, you know what you are? Out of balance. Because right now you're taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your spouse. You're not taking care of your kids and you're not working. You're taking care of you in that moment. It's about the long-term decision-making as where we find balance and some semblance of contentment in our life. We do not find balance in short-term in our life where every day has to be a, well, I need work-life balance every day. It is not realistic to have that expectation. It's about long-term, say quarterly, for use as an example. Am I achieving some balance in my life on a quarterly basis? And some people may be like, no, because we've been grinding it out on this quarter. Okay, well, what what do the coming months need? What in order to have, you know what, we've been grinding it out on stuff. Now this upcoming point is going to be replenishment time. Wonderful. Because then you're going to reach another season of grinding it out, stress, overwhelm, schedules, you know, kid schedules, you know, work demands where someone has a job that takes them out of town a lot. And it is impossible to have short-term balance, have the expectation that balance comes with long-term planning and long-term execution and decision making, then we can get through a year and be like, okay, how are we doing? How do I feel? And if you feel like you're still grinding it out and operating with no oil in the engine, recognize something's wrong there and something needs to be fixed. So a final key here, non-load bearer friends of mine, um, is to remember the big picture of keeping your marriage healthy. That again, the whole point of this podcast is making fostering fit into your marriage. The leaders have to be healthy. 
we have to take care of the leadership. We have to take care of the marriage or there goes the family. So fostering has got to fit into your marriage. That's why this is a, a marriage podcast. So the big picture perspective of why am I doing all this stuff? Why am I supporting my load bearer spouse? Because you're trying to keep your marriage healthy. That's why. And we find this, this is one of the ways of splitting the mental load and really the physical load of things is how we prioritize the marriage over prioritizing ourselves, prioritizing the kids. Um, so keep that perspective always in mind that every day, in some sort of a way, we are either depositing or withdrawing from our spouse every day. So how do you have more days where you deposit Mm-hmm. rather than w- that you actually withdraw? Or do you have too many days where you're like, you know what, I withdraw too much and I need to deposit back in. Do it. That's exactly what you should do. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Keeping the big picture of a healthy marriage is so important. So continue to openly communicate with each other to navigate the day-to-day and week-to-week challenges. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review it wherever you listen. It helps other fostering families find it. And follow us on Facebook at Fostering Marriage. So as always, we hope this has been helpful for you. Join us on the next episode of the Fostering Marriage Podcast. 